I'm excited to be with you all, and I look forward to see what Holy Spirit wants to do in this time. And <clears throat> I will just give a bit of background of what God's been doing in what led me to this point and what God is doing recently in this area of my life. And then I'll do a bit of teaching, have lots of questions. And so I look forward to see what Holy Spirit wants to do. And so just to start with, Richard Hoverson from a chaplain of the United States Senate said, Jesus Christ said more about money than about any other single thing, because when it comes to a man's real nature, money is of first importance. Money is an exact index to a man's true character. All through scripture, there's an intimate correlation between the development of a man's character and how he handles money. And I'll tie this into what uh, Kevin Zadai says about the development of character and the end time harvest. Wealth, Jesus talked more about wealth, riches and money than he did about heaven and hell combined. It's been said that 11 out of 39 parables in Luke talk about money. One in every seven verses in Luke talks about wealth, money, and uh, Corey shows us in Provident Plan how there's 1,196 verses in the Bible that talk about money. Brandy, Alcorn was I'm going to prepare a couple of messages, maybe one sermon about money, and it turns out when he went to study, the Bible had a staggering amount to say about money how we're to view it, what we are to do with it. And why hadn't I noticed? He said, perhaps I never had a single course on this subject in Bible college or seminary, but I had courses on subjects about which the Bible has a great deal less to say. And I just want to thank CMM for providing this opportunity to share about money and wealth. And I would like you to take some time now just to put... Uh, an expectation that you have for our time together, go ahead and put it in chat. And also, while we're just getting to know each other on this uh, form, if you could also put what country you're from and does your country have access to financial principles being taught? Is it easily available? Because that makes a big difference for... Um, I think that's one reason that things have been successful for me here is because there's very little access to financial teaching. Um, so for your chat, go ahead and, and type in an expectation that you have for our time together. Okay, I'm starting to see them. Yeah, from the US, there's lots of good teaching and on radios, things like that. And yeah, to see God's heart. Oh, I love the comment on how to steward a billion dollars because I was just, um, saw a video clip of, I think it was Kenneth Hagen that called Kim Clement and 
was saying, yeah, like the church is afraid to talk about millions and, um, or even billions because of something, some lies that have been put in through the religious spirit. But yes, God is looking for people that he can trust with that because he's got so many things for us to do. Oh, I have a cute story about hearing Holy Spirit and how it relates to finances. And so I look forward to sharing that. Oh, another Canadian. Thank you, Lily. And so looking back on my life, I was 10 years old and my dad had entrusted our family accounting to me. And looking back, I mean, when I was doing it, it was just natural. But looking back, how many 10-year-olds will, you know, do the family books? I give my dad much honor and credit for where I end up right now. At university, I was the student union treasurer. Um, when I came to Thailand, when I came to Thailand and got married, Sometime later, our wedding photographer invited us to come and visit them in Malaysia. When, while we were there, he introduced a financial piece by Dave Ramsey. And when I went back, I was asked to, at our school to teach high school students on uh, financial matters. The book I was given wasn't very good, so I took Dave Ramsey's and I taught it to high school students. And many of them, it changed their lives. I had students enter it in debt, and by the end of the year, they had started to save money, and not long after that, were able to buy a car. And because I was teaching this class, my international school that I was working at thought that I knew about money, so they made me the financial advisor to set up an emergency fund, and it's worked really, really well. And that's been going for probably more than 10 years. And just to see how I was able to pass it over to the locals and the nationals here, and they are able to handle it well. I'm, my first couple that I actually got involved with, she was a maid, he was a guard. They went and bought a vehicle for 60,000 baht, I'm in Thailand, and they were going to pay it back, you know, over 10 months, only 6,000 a month, they could handle that. But they financed it. Halfway through the finance company called and said, oh, why don't you just pay the interest? Don't pay the principal. It's a cheaper monthly payment. They didn't understand the principal and interest. They heard cheaper monthly payment. And for two years, they paid interest. And the principal actually went up. <laughs> Something rose in me and said, that's not fair. And we went and met with them. And if we hadn't helped them, they easily could have been half a million, million bought in debt. But as it turned out, we worked with them one, one step at a time, one meal at a time. And what God showed us through that and then the ripple effect is some of the things that I'll be sharing with you today. A lot of helping people with money is very much the <clears throat> very much the turtle aspect and not the rabbit. So if you want a quick rich, um, that's not what I'm here to say, but the slow and steady. And I found 
meeting with people regularly, the ones that I help, um, have brought really good success. In fact, there's almost a direct correlation between those that we meet regularly and see their lives change versus those that we just give money to and we don't have any follow-up. It doesn't bring the same life change. And this page is more important than I realized. And I'll tell you that in just a minute. So we assisted actually more than 30 families. We started with 100,000 baht and we loaned it out and they returned it and loaned it out and returned it. And we ended up giving out more than 2 million baht. And it was amazing how God has taken our few loaves and multiplied it over these years. Now it's um, almost 10 years, but others have seen the fruit of our labor and the ripple effect has extended beyond what I could ever imagine. Some surprising results is once people were out of debt, one of the first things they wanted to do was to buy a home. Uh, the wives became more beautiful because they weren't so stressed about money. The children were able to learn and apply financial principles and that started to affect even them and their classmates. And the most surprising result is many of these couples when I started work them were not Christians and through the process they became Christians. And it, I never thought it would be an evangelistic tool but it's actually become a very good discipleship tool, tool because money works and with the issues of the heart. So I'm just going along life and all of a sudden um, I, my friend in our capital city of Bangkok finds out that I get my doctorate degree and I'm a doctor. And I think because of that, it gives credibility for these next two people that I'm gonna talk about. But what really impressed them was that I had verifiable sustained results. So that this is a team from Bangkok. Their leader is the former Standard Charter Bank president of Thailand. And they heard that we had financial teaching, but out of all the people in Bangkok, I understand the reason why they chose us to partner with is because we had results of lives that were changed and they could see the difference. When I met with her in June, she was saying with Standard Charter Bank, they would go out to villages and like they'd take a whole month planning this elaborate thing and they go out there and they give the presentation and do everything, but they have no idea if there's any fruit. And they go back a year later and it's like, well, did you, did the people just enjoy the, the food and the snacks we brought? And they, they couldn't see any change. And so the fact that we had documented and we have, um, statistics on people that we've helped and seen their lives change, I think that's what attracted them. So she took our information, our teaching, and she made this uh, app called Mula. You can see down in the bottom screen, you can get it on App Store or Google Play. And it has different aspects to it, but one of it is they have to go through our financial training. They have divide it into different steps. And at each step, they get so many points or so many credits. And it's just brand new. And they have just started it. And there's about 18 people now that have completed the one stage. And they're going on to, it's one way that 
it's a whole new concept of people can get their salaries put to their account and then if they need to take an advance on their own salary, they can do that. And then they have ways, some checks and balances on how to help that they can't take too much. And they're looking to have ways like once you finish so much of the training or once you've got so many positive good points, you can go to a local store and get uh, shoes for your kids because there's uniforms for schools here in Thailand and they have to get school uniforms. And so they can go to different shops and they're learning to partner with different shops so they can get uh, discounts or even things free that if they pass through our financial training, then they would be able to get those discounts. And so they want to make it an, an integrated system. And so she's got a team here that we got to meet and all of them are kind of entrepreneurs and they're trying this new idea, but their heart is to get people out of debt too and provide a way for them to learn so they don't get back in debt. And then PCS is uh, one of the largest facility management companies in Thailand. It has over 30,000 employees and they invited us to come and they set up a partnership with us, a marketing company and themselves, the three of us, and we put together a series of like three to five minute teaching on financial clips that they're gonna they gonna show their entire staff and the intended audience, their HR person told me was over a hundred thousand people. Each employee, if they have an average family of four, that's a hundred thousand people. And not only do they want the teaching to get out there, they want um, a sustainable effort. So after they get the teaching out there, they want to find ways to make it changes in people's lives. And so it was very encouraging. Um, they do property care services. We went down there and when we did the teaching, um, 180 people voluntarily joined online and there were a couple in class too. With over this, this was the first time for their company that so many of these leaders joined voluntarily. Most times when they have teaching, they have to provide some kind of incentive. But when we went there, we asked how many people had financial training and only one girl in the front row said that she'd had financial training and had a budget. When we first got introduced to this company, we went to their Chiang Mai branch, that's where I'm staying, and we thought we were gonna go teach their guards because our first story was about a guard and to get the guard out of debt, and if a guard can do it on a low income, then anyone can. We went there and it was actually, we're meeting with this senior accountant payroll or senior accountant that, and it's like, oh, like these are all senior financial people in one of you know the largest companies for property care services in Thailand. And none of them had heard any kind of financial training in their lives. And all of them were in debt. And what we presented to that Chiang Mai group, they were so impressed that the Chiang Mai group went to the head office and said, 
as part of our corporate social responsibility as a company, let's bring financial literacy into the nation. And Money 101 is what they called it. And we'll see if Money 102 comes along. But they were so excited. And the chief financial officer is the one who's in the picture down here with us. And he backed it up and we look forward to seeing the results. Uh, we did this at the end of June and they posted this on their website in July. And we're looking forward to see the clips start coming out and it might be part of their mandatory training for all their staff that come through. Those were unexpected um, doors that opened because with the financial training. And again, I believe it was because we showed results. Bangkok is a city of over 10 million people. And there are a couple other people that might have financial training, but they didn't have any results that showed it. I think that combined with the doctor degree that I was able to get through CMM um, were the ones that opened the door for that. In Kevin Sedai's book, Supernatural Finances, he made a statement. If a Christian can pass the money test, then he or she will be ready to be part of the end time harvest. And we know we're getting to the end time harvest and I believe there's more testing of the hearts for the money test. But I believe that's what we all want to um, rise to the challenge of and to be part of what God has um, actually destined for us to, to do and what he wants to do, but just to be able to handle it. Because people are afraid to trust God with their finances. Yet, if they did understand God's intent for them personally concerning finances, they'd open the door wide for the Lord to instruct them and guide them in their financial situations. Some underlying foundations with the couples that I have worked with, um, I found going through this to put husband and wife on the same page on tithing. I know one couple that I worked with, um, they weren't doing well financially. And as it turned out, one spouse thought we should be tithing and the other had never even thought of it and just but that was when we meet together, I usually ask Holy Spirit, what's a good question? And just before we met, Holy Spirit said, oh, ask him about tithing. And it brought a really good discussion where husband and wife could be in agreement. And that agreement, I think, was the key on that subject. Uh, this is so true. Proverbs 22, 7, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower servant to the lender to see how much slavery it causes. Um, this year, around the month of April, two of the people that we work with um, were very suicidal. In fact, one actually tried um, sleeping pills too many, but I found out later sleeping pills actually don't cause death. It does other damage, but not death. <laughs> and the other one we were able to bring her to Jesus and she had an encounter with Jesus and she's, she's, it was much better to follow that way. But the weight, 
that they carry of being in debt is not fun. And I don't know in your nation, but in our nation, it's very easy to get into debt from what we call loan sharks. And that's like you can borrow a thousand baht and you have to pay back 1,200 baht within the next 12 days. And they do that. And then it gets to the point where they can pay, you know, 100 baht a day. But then on day six, seven, or eight, they don't have the money. So they go ask another loan shark to pay off this loan shark. And it quickly escalates. And it gets to be a very vicious trap. And we have seen this to be so true. Parents helping the children. I know it's Jewish, Chinese, Indian, all these nations that have done well financially generally do well. But in my nation, there's not that concept. And so being able to share these verses with the new believers <clears throat> or even this principle with the people that I work with, that the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. Many of my Thai friends Instead of an inheritance from the parents, they receive a debt that they need to pay off. And it's just not the way to set your family up for success. And co-signing alone, Proverbs 6, 1 says, like, run away from that. Go, beg, do whatever is needed to get your name off having to co-sign alone. This is kind of fun. Just this whole principle in Proverbs 6, 30, 31. People don't despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he's starving. Yet when he's found, he must restore sevenfold. And we first introduced this to win and um, this principle. And out of the blue, someone went and gave him um, some red onions. And he went and planted... <clears throat> And they gave it to him for free and they planted the crop and six weeks later they had really good crop and they were able to get their sevenfold from um, how they had been stolen from and then that was several years ago and just yesterday the family dropped by and they have learned to hear from god on what to plant and when and so they felt they were to plant red onions and they felt they were to plant it on July 18th and they did. And the very next day it started to rain. Before that, it had been a long period of no rain and they were wondering if rain was gonna come and they had tried to dig for, uh, to dig a well for water and they didn't and they were depending on God and it was amazing. They planted in faith on the 18th and on the 19th, it started to rain. And since that day, We've had almost two weeks of rainy weather, which is perfect for their plants. And they're one couple that has practiced hearing from God on what to plant when, and they have seen it um, and practice it. And when they're in agreement as husband and wife and following this, they're able to see what God can do. Again, in the culture where I am, they care very much on the outward appearance. And I really like what Jesus said. 
Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. And just how many things do we have that we really don't need? Or how many things do we have that we think those things bring us status? We were visiting one nation nearby and we were talking to one wealthy businessman and he was saying in, in his circles, the value of the watch was the value of how much you were looked at. So people would wear their suits or push back their sleeves and show their watch. And he even went to Dubai one time and son said, you know, can you get me that $10,000 watch and just in the circles. And when he realized that he took off his watch and didn't even wear a watch. And it's like, what does culture tell you? You know, is it the car you drive? Is it the clothes you wear? Um, this couple that I first helped because they chose to live within their means. At first, people treated them like second-class citizens, but when they started to get out of debt, they're saying, oh, maybe it's worth it. Again, I was telling you about Wynn and just how we went and prayed for his land. And what's interesting about him is his dad is a witch doctor, and he's having to work with that dynamic and for him to see the power of the blood of Jesus is stronger than the power of any of the animals that is that sacrifices. And one of my last trips up to visit his plot of land, his sister was telling his wife that she went to some kind of medium and they're saying, yeah, the spirit that your Christian brother and sister serve is much more powerful than we are. And that just brings such encouragement. Oh, I don't know if you hear there's a Buddhist chanting in the background. It's part of living in Thailand. Forgiveness has been so important. And if you forgive man their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. And when finances start to dwindle, one of the first questions I was taught to ask is, who have I not forgiven? And there was one time that we had moved house and we bought our first house and all of a sudden I realized we're not going to have enough money left for the month to eat. And so I asked my kids to, uh, whenever they were fighting, I said, um, I don't want to fast because God commands his blessing where there's unity. And they reconciled really quick because I think they like food as well. But I asked myself, God, who have I not forgiven? And he reminded me of the former landlord. It took me a day to wrestle through that. I was quite surprised, but I forgave. And the very next time I went to the ATM with my son, someone had put money in my account and it took me almost a month to find out who. But I have seen people get financial breakthrough when they have forgiven their ex-husbands or when they have forgiven their fathers. And the very, the principle of when money starts to dwindle, ask God, who have I not forgiven, has been a key for many. Next week, I want to talk more just about the, the generational effects or different things that um, I've learned through the process of helping people get out of debt and their 
almost out or they're almost, it's like they're in the wilderness and they're seeing the manna provision day by day, but they're not able to cross the Jordan River and get into the promised land and to have a place where you can be established and build a legacy to pass on to your children. And that's one of the topics I plan to share next week. Uh, this is just so true. Um, no one can serve two masters. We can't serve God and mammon. And Psalms 52.7, they're talking here as a man who did not make God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches. And God is just so much better. As we go through different situations with people and we meet with them month, month by month, we get to see patterns. And there's one pastor, it was like, they would just get their emergency fund up to the point where it's a, they could handle themselves in an emergency when they it would be gone and they could never build it up and keep it there. So we were asking God, what's the root cause for this? And as it turned out, he was fearing about negative things happening to his only son. And his fear for his son was actually what God was highlighting. And when he went back and said, okay, God, you have only given me my child to, to Stuart. He's actually yours. You can take better care of him than I can then that broke that negative cycle on his emergency fund and his heart attitude um, had, he wrestled with God to have the right heart attitude towards his son and was able to let God be God and he would just be the father that God had entrusted the son to. There was another single mom she'd put her children at the center of her life and she could never get ahead. And we're asking God, like, she's almost out of debt and something else happens. And so we were asking God, like, why does this happen? And God revealed to her, it's like, God wasn't first. And so it's part of the, the beauty, the discipleship of being able to work with people when you meet with them regularly, to see the patterns in their lives, that we learn to partner with Holy Spirit with what he's doing and what he's trying to show. And we see some of the neatest breakthroughs. In this time and season that we are living, I think Psalms 57, one to three is very good for us. Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me. My soul trusts in you. And in the shadow of your wings, I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by. I cry out to God most high, to God who performs all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me. With all that we're hearing in the news, with all the theories of what might be happening or looking at our country's economic states, I believe this is a truth and anchor that we can hang on to. Let me hide in the shadow of your wings. I will make God my refuge until these calamities have passed by. And not to let fear control what we do, but to follow Holy Spirit. We had one family come on the mission field and the way they supported themselves on the mission field 
was based on this philosophy. They said, one, God says, my sheep hear my voice. Two, Luke says, working with money is not true riches. It's a lower level of wealth and riches. And so he thought, I'm going to practice hearing God for a lower level of riches. And so he practiced hearing God for the stock market on where and how to invest his money. And through that, he was able to provide for his family to um, live and work overseas on the mission field and send their kids to our international Christian school. And it's, he came and shared with my financial class and he would share how God would give him a dream and he would, and it might have a unique name and he'd go look up that unique name and it'd either be a new mineral that they just found somewhere and he'd invest in that stock and that would give him what he needed. Or, you know, God would tell him to put money in this and when to take it out. And he shared one story where it's like, I have to pay school fees. And uh, God hasn't told me to take anything out yet. So he went and took one out just so he didn't have to pay the late fine. And as it turned out, because he didn't listen to God and he acted on fear, he ended up not having to pay the 750 baht fine. But he lost about 7,000 baht because he didn't wait for God's timing. And so he chose to practice listening to God about uh, finances. And that was able, God was able to provide through him. I also heard a story about a pastor where God said, you know, go invest in this, go put this much money in this stock. And they did. And after, uh, Around 20 years later, God said, you can go take it out. And it was enough for him to build his church. And so the aspect of listening to God in this time when there's so much fear, to be able to quiet in your heart and just say, God, what do you want me to do? And not to be ruled by fear, I think is very key. Recently, I've discovered one of the meanings of shalom is the authority to destroy chaos. And I think there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of um, ideas, anxiety about finances. And if we can bring our heart to peace and rest, if we can have God's authority to destroy the chaos around our finances, I believe that will bring true shalom. I love how Psalms 112 combines lending and discretion. And it's a risk when we help people. And a good man deals graciously and lends, but he guides his fears with discretion. And to have the wisdom of God and the grace of God when working with others, it's really challenging for me at times because I've learned to partner with God in people's pain. And there's many things that they will choose to deal with at a heart level when they're in pain that they would not when things are going well and i don't want to cut short the pain and even one of the people that we work with like regularly that she actually tried to commit suicide and it didn't work and when i was in the hospital with her i walked beside her we talked with her and her husband recently she was like <laughs> i want somebody to pay back my cousin it's like or my friend, I'm like, well, if they're a really good friend, they really wouldn't be demanding money. But um, 
and she was insistent and I had um my husband and I when we were checking with God it's like at this time for this person right now not to give anything and it was so interesting to listen how you know she tried this she tried tears she tried you know when are you going to trust me again or she tried all these different ways but when I when I knew from God what to do and then I listened to all her ways to try and manipulate me, I could say, to get money. Um, it was just really neat to become aware of all the different tactics that could be used. But last week she called and said, um, actually she paid off her, some of the bills herself. And in the end she said, that's what I really wanted to do. I really wanted to do it myself. And she just didn't believe in herself and didn't think it was possible. And because I did not step in and help, her and her husband were able to talk about it more. She was able to connect with God and deal with some things that God wanted her to deal with. And she has stopped asking people for money. And we have found that to be one of the uh, keys to helping people get out of debt is when they stop looking outward. Can you help me or this cousin or this uncle or this aunt? But look to what God has given them and what God has their relationship with God and what resources God has given them, that's when the turnaround happens and they actually start building momentum. Um, Holy Spirit's my best partner. He gives me good questions so that I can um, partner with him to know what's going on in their heart to deal with the issues that he wants to. I heard there was one businessman who went and paid one guy who was about six months behind in rent. And yeah, he went and wrote a check for that person to help him out. And Holy Spirit said, oh, thanks a lot. Like I took him six months to get to this part where he could work on his heart. And now you've just cut short the process and we're gonna have to go through that cycle again. And so giving people money is not always the best, but it, and that's where following Holy Spirit really works because he knows what he wants to do in their lives in this season. And someone says like the secret ingredient is love. And if people really love and know that you care, and if you're able to bring Father's love to people, even when you're saying, no, I can't give you money, but I'll walk with you through this. It's just amazing because you want to build them up. And this friend, when she was able to say, yeah, I really wanted to pay it off myself. And it started building her own connection with God. And it started building her own sense that God has provided within her. It's just been so good. When Helping Hurts it has some really good quotes. And I found this was um, quite interesting. Poverty is rooted in broken relationships. And whether that's relationship with God, relationship with others, I have found that. So the solution to poverty is rooted in the power of Jesus' death and resurrection to put all things in right relationship again. And poverty is the result of relationships that do not work. They're that are not just, that are not for life, that are not harmonious or enjoyable. Poverty is the absence of shalom in all its meanings. And 
that's why at first I was more willing to help give money and they would pay it back. And that was good. But as I'm going through this, I'm finding to look for the broken relationships first, whether it's husband and wife, whether it's the person and God, whether it's them and other family members. And quite often people come as like, I got, I went to the loan shark because I didn't want my parents to find out or my spouse to find out that I had this debt or I was using money unwisely. But because I um, was told by God not to help at those points, it brought it out into the family and it became their family issue. And it just got rid of all the secrecy. And so again, one of the main points is just working with Holy Spirit is amazing. Finding out why people are in debt, so important. What was the root cause? What was the initial cause? And I came up with uh, my son, actually. He worked on like the knife principle. Are they in debt? K, is it because knowledge? Like they just don't know. Or is it their nature, their behavior, their discipline? It's like, yeah, I know I'm supposed to do that, but I'd rather have my uh, Starbucks or whatever and now follow the discipline that they need to. Or is it an internal motivation? Is it to look good for others? In Thailand, one of the professions that has the highest debt is teachers. And a lot of that is to deal with the image, the face that they present to society. Is it forces unseen? Like a witch doctor's curse or um, the spiritual dynamic or external circumstances. We saw with COVID, that's an external circumstance that affected many lives. Um, in our nation, we've had some, when uh, royalty passes away, and if there's a hundred days of mourning, all the businesses that have loud speakers, sound systems, um, couldn't, couldn't have their events or you know the weddings or different things that they went to. They just ended up getting in debt because they couldn't pay for that. And so, so I came up. Nancy, Dr. Nancy likes charts. So this is for you, Dr. Nancy. Yay! But <laughs> if there's you know, knowledge, if that's the root cause, then we could just teach and train. And like, that's what we're doing with this PCS and EULA. In our nation, there's very few opportunities for people to receive financial literacy training. And so just getting the knowledge out there, it could be just as simple as that. Or is it their behavior? Is it their discipline? Set up a system that works for them, an app or an envelope or do they need to write things down? Find something that works for them and their family. And then internal motivators, work with the, with the hard issues. Is it a father issue? Is it a greed issue? Is it their identity? They need to have all these things to be welcomed or accepted in society. Is it a spiritual dynamic? And then work with Holy Spirit to reveal the root and cause. And there's so many tools that Jesus has given us that we can step into and his blood of Jesus for the, uh, the curses and the witch doctors have been, been very powerful. Uh, one cute 
story is coming to mind. One of my coworkers says, oh, I've heard some stories. I'd like to have lunch with you. And we had lunch with him. And basically he said his grandma was, it's sort of like a medium, more like a spiritist, but the, the demonic would actually come and manifest through her. And, and now she's old and she's laying on her sick bed and the, the demonic is so cruel they don't make her sick enough to die but they don't let her be well enough to live so she's just living there and so we we pray for her and he said a couple days later uh three people in white come to her she says give me a couple days to get things in order and she died peacefully within a week and it's like jesus is just so amazing and then for external circumstances, you know, commanding the thief to restore sevenfold or finding ways to minimize the damage and asking God for a strategy out. And I'm still praying for that uh, Elisha anointing where he went and just told her, okay, you know, go, what do you have in your house? Like I have oil. Okay, go get all the jars, you know, fill it up and sell it. Like what strategies can we use that we can give people that he'll multiply what they have and to be able to use it. One person, we, you know, they had a car, they can make the payments. It's like, we'll sell the car. They couldn't sell the car, but they ended up renting it. And the renting it covered, they covered the monthly payment. And so they were eventually able to own the car. And so once again, just partnering with Holy Spirit, it's amazing. Sometimes we help pay off the high interest debt to stop the cycle. Sometimes we give them a micro business loan. Sometimes it's just prayer and advice. But again, just following Holy Spirit. In my nation, 500 baht is not, it, most people could put that much aside. You could go out for a nice meal for 500 baht. You could buy a shirt or something else for 500 baht. But if you took that 500 baht and saved it every week, so you take 500 baht, there's 52 weeks in the year. And if you do it for 40 years of your working life, you'll end up with over a million baht. That's no interest that's, or compound interest involved in that. It's just simple math, simple saving day by day, that um, turtle just building it up and find a way that works for you setting up the emergency fund the key was meeting regularly listening to the family listening to holy spirit asking for the strategies provide the encouragement and just you can do it or listening to them observe follow up and it's like to be proactive they say over and over again it's so easy to fall in debt and so hard to get out for me i work interculturally and aside from the first person who there was no local national to help me with ever since then i've always partnered with a national because they understand more of what's going on they understand the verbal cues they know the culture and it's probably more challenging because there's lots of innuendos that um and things that go on I'm still learning, 
but it's so worth it. And it's been one of the best ways for discipleship here in Asia. Relatives borrowing money, co-signing for family loans, um, expecting children to pay off parents' debts. Those are some of the problems that are very common here. And then just not the basic financial literacy that's available in other nations. What I found with people, if you're going to help them pay off a debt, make sure when you give them the money, it goes for what they say it will, depending on how much you can trust them, actually go with them or, you know, have them give you a receipt that it's sent. But don't just, just give them the money. Monthly meetings. So key. Don't go too long without connecting. That accountability. Even if we didn't have much to talk about, the fact that they knew we were going to meet um, kept them on track. When we're helping people out of debt, you can be gazelle intense for two years. You can work hard, but don't, don't let it drag on too long. It's hard to keep motivated. Don't marry someone in debt. I've noticed, I've told my, my, my sons, my spiritual children, if they're in debt, because of lack of knowledge, it's easy for them to apply it and get out. If they're in debt because of some kind of family curse or things like that, again, it can be dealt with, but it's so much easier to get it dealt with before you get married than having to do it when you have a family already. Another key, wait for them to ask themselves. We had one case where we we're like, I want you to help so-and-so. And we went, when we went to talk to them, we realized they're not ready to make the sacrifices needed to get out of debt. Their friends really want it for them, but they themselves are not ready. So waiting until they asked was what key. Check their references. Don't assume that everyone who comes to you is sincere. And asking Holy Spirit for a good question. That's been really key for us. And don't rely on human logic. And don't have a team. And if you have a team, always meet with a team. We have found that some people who wanted to pick, try what we did, they'd have a team, but the team wouldn't meet together with that person. And so the person that are working with would tell one team member one thing and one team member another thing, and it wasn't consistent. And so it just, it worked best having a team, everyone meet together. Because if it's just you, it's a lot to hear someone's financial burden. And it's heavy sometimes. And if you have a friend, and if you have a partner, you can pray together. You can ask God together. You don't need to carry it alone. And also it gets rid of an indebtedness or a, a loyalty or um, doesn't put such a strain on the relationship. There's been times that we have been a channel for other people. It's like we want to help someone get out of debt and give them money, but we don't want them to know it's coming from us because it will affect the relationship. So we can be the in-between person and we give it to the person they want us to and that person pays us back and the two parties can still be good friends and be helped. So I define financial discipleship as fathers and mothers in Christ, assisting God's children, 
with their finances to prepare them to pass the heart money test so they can be part of the end time harvest. It's risking God's love. It's partnering with God in their pain. It's a commitment. But many people don't need more money as much as they just need to know how to manage what they have. So for everyone listening, I want to bless you with things that I have seen and experienced. And if you need it, I experience you to have money supernaturally deposited into your bank like happened to one of our families. I blessed you with God speaking audibly for someone to give you money if it's a need because that happened to us. I bless you to receive the extra help for someone to come and work your farm or work your business at no extra cost. Maybe it was an angel for this one family and have a really good productive crop. I bless you with spiritual protection over the health of your whole family in this season. I bless you with money stretching to provide for all the needs during the week when there's little money available. And you'll be amazed at how God provides and who he provides through. I bless you with good sales for your company when everyone is complaining about the market or the economy. I bless you with being able to follow Holy Spirit well, and he will show you what you need to know about your personal finances in this season, that you will be able to be at peace because you know your good father will take care of you. And he sees the big picture and he knows what's happening in your area, in your country, in your economics. And I bless you to hear well from him about the area of finances and you'll be able to trust his strategies even at times when it might not be logical but it would still be amazing and to see very good results so i bless you to know how to increase talking to god about finances to deal with any issues in your heart that god is highlighting in this area and I bless you to receive all that you need and that your, your vessel to receive the millions, the billions that are needed to extend his kingdom right now. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. I learned so much. Dr. Carol, that was awesome. Yes. I, I want to thank you for that. And um, would it be okay if we just opened up for some comments and questions? Would that be all right? Oh, I love that. Let's, there. Um, Comments and questions. Yep, that was next. Hey, everybody. So this has been awesome. And I loved the fact that you are asking the right questions to Holy Spirit as to uh, we're given a vision and we have something to do. And so we it's that partnership with Holy Spirit to bring forth that vision and that fi those finances for that. So let me open it up right now for comments and questions. Jump in there. Hi, Dr. David. Welcome. Comments or questions? Just unmute and go ahead and ask. 
thank you, Dr. Carol, for um teaching uh these principles. And so um yeah, as you know, uh as a pastor, like um we have uh, we we deal with many people. So um yeah. Uh, thank you so much for teaching this into uh, different aspect and for um, diagnosing the situations and uh, practical application. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much uh, for doing this. And so I will, yeah, I will uh, practice it. And thank you. Yeah, and I bless you too, Dr. David, to handle finances in a war-torn country. I bless you to see many miracles and God's provision. And I love how you train your people to hear from God. And I bless them that they'll learn even more as a group under you to hear more about finances and that how God wants to provide for them in this area, in this season, in your nation. You know, the wonderful thing, I think uh, Lily has a comment or question. The wonderful thing about this is I can hear your faith. It doesn't matter where we are. As you're saying, as I partner with Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter. God does what he does, and I can trust that he's going to show me. I love that, Dr. Carol. Go ahead, Lily. Comment. Um, I kind of enjoy this topic because I grew up in Africa as a missionary kid. So it's just been like basically my whole life, it's been like my parents would start a project and then God would just provide for the rest of it. So um, there's always been like stories of um, God would tell them to start something and then he'd only give them enough to start and not to finish it. And then they'd have to just step out in faith and do it. And God would always provide. And uh, my mom told me this rule. Um, if God tells you to travel, he pays for the ticket. <laughs> so it, um, yeah, and that was because I recently moved to the U.S. to get married. And even like, so I was getting married in June. And even like last year, I got engaged and we didn't know how we were going to get the money for tickets to get here. And just this January, um, the Lord put on someone's heart to to put money in my parents' personal account so that we could have the, enough money to fly here for my wedding. So, yeah. Could I ask you to share one project that your family started and that God continued on? Mm -hmm. Um. So, like the school building that we have, that they have, like right close to, right close to the church. Um. Basically, God had them start it. He gave some people visions of like where the building was supposed to be and so on. And so they were able to just start with the foundation. And then every year, God, or every time we need it, I should say, maybe not every year, but every time they need it, God provides for the next level of the building. So um, first they started with the bottom, the bottom level, because that's the number of grades that they were going to be teaching. And then the next year he provide, or for the next time he provided for the next level up. And I think we have, I think it's three levels now on the that school building. And just, he provides just as they need it. That's so amazing. And especially mm -hmm. when the, the locals can do it themselves and how God mm -hmm. provides for them. 
that reminds me one tip that my brother had heard and it was often like if you're able to provide the whole amount it's on, he almost recommends just doing the first like 10 percent and that will start the momentum and then let everyone mm -hmm. take ownership and whether it's just you know getting a guitar for a local um, worship team or if it's providing a vehicle for someone else like just getting the ball rolling getting it started and then let everyone else uh, join in and all their little bits end up and it makes it a much more it gets the focus off you which is really good for a white face in an asian country but it's also it puts the onus on the community and thanks for sharing and it's amazing how god provided for you and me that's a really good foundation for your marriage. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've got um, Pastor Yuri from India here. From India here. Let me uh, zoom in on her. And I, I just want to say, Carol, that what you just said for all pastors is brilliant. Yes. To bring the community in and to have the community be part of it yes. and have ownership. I, I love that because um, that's kingdom. That's true kingdom. It's not on our shoulders. So if anybody here is carrying their ministry finances on their shoulders, we just roll that off right now. And we just ask Holy Spirit to show you how to include community in that process. Because I think that's powerful, Carol. Uh, you had your pastor. Yeah, Matt. thank you, Sister Carol. Your... Can y'all hear? You can hear, right? Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Sister Carol, for your uh, sharing because you're very uh, to the point, and you you're very like um, you are you arranged it in point by point, and I can understand it. Um, that's the same thing that we experience in India too, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm serving God in India. And people in India too are like literally running, you know, with so many debts in life. And some of them even commit suicide because they couldn't pay the debts. And uh, so we also try to teach them biblical principles. And I, you know, when you were sharing, of course, I don't have a, a laptop. So I just took a screenshot of whatever you share. <laughs> And I'm going to sit down and study some more and share it with my husband. And we can share it in the church too with all our congregation. Thank you so much for those points. And uh, it's a good presentation. And uh, my husband always start projects. First thing is we first fast and pray, asking God if that is what he wants us to do. And then uh, even like when we were going to build our church, expand the church, we had 40 days, 40 nights fasting prayer uh, with the believers. And it was like rainy season, summer season. We just sit on the ground and pray and ask God. And uh, God, in the end of 40 days, God spoke to us and congregation to uh, give whatever they can give to the church. And many of them give their gold, their silver, the money that is stored for education, they give it to the church to build a church. And not only that, they give their time, they give their strength, because all the church believers get together and we help with the laying of the foundation and then continue to build the church. And by God's grace today, the church is an AC church. 
which is amazing because that was the promise God gave when we were like praying, having a church on the roadside in front of a buffalo shed and it was stinky, it was full of flies and it was summer and my husband asked God, like, God, how long are we going to have to worship like this, shifting from one place to another? And then God said, don't worry, today is the last and we're going to give you an air-conditioned church. And that time I was like, we don't even have any money. We don't even have finance. What are we supposed to do? Then God said, do a fasting prayer for uh, 40 days. So that's what we did, obey the voice of God. And God provided, and today we have a conditioned church. And uh, the poor people who do, who suffers because they don't have a condition in their house, when they come to church, they are able to be refreshed, and some of the grandmas go to sleep, <laughs> and they get up at the end of the church service, or my husband will wake them up with, like, saying their name. <laughs> so God is really amazing. Thank you so much for your teaching, Dr. Carol. And uh, we'll keep in touch. And hello, Brother David Joy. I met you many years back. Hello. Blessings. Blessings to everybody. <laughs> okay. We have, thank you so much. We have Pastor Cole, too, here. Okay. From, uh, from Colorado. So are you in Colorado now, or where are you? We're actually in Utah. Utah. Great yes. state of Utah. Yes, yes. And I, I just want to say thank you so much. Uh, this is just, this has been so good. We're actually, you know, in the process of uh, we, we have to add on um, to our church just for what God's doing here. He's opened up the doors to really reach out to like the the Mormon community, the LDS community. And they're just they are leaving uh, it just the numbers, the polygamous communities that, that we just baptized 21 people uh, Sunday. Um, six of them came from a polygamous community here out of the LDS church. It's just been so absolutely amazing what God is doing. They, uh, the town next to us in Utah just baptized 103 last Sunday. And so, you know, we've been praying and praying uh, about really Holy Spirit just leading us uh, how to, to add on. And, you know, I just wanted to share one of the things he did is he just literally put on our heart to search for local grants. And we're like, OK, we don't know how to do this um, because we needed to get water ran to our church because we run on a well and we have to have um, water for fire suppression. So we ended up finding one, but the paperwork was beyond our, our knowledge base. Um, and it was just the Holy spirit walked us through it. I was able to, he led us to call one guy. He actually told us, Hey, I'm going to take care of all the paperwork. I'm just going to take care of everything for you. So he, we just got approved for about 350,000 to have the water, run to the church and you know but and it's just i was talking with my wife today it's like okay you know the lord provided that and we don't know how we're gonna get to the next step as far as um you know but we're just trusting that step by step by step and so this is just such confirmation um that we needed to say you know what yes he the lord is going to give us that, that next step and like you said i love what um, she just shared about, you know, if the Holy Spirit calls you to travel, he'll pay for the ticket. So and and so I, I just needed that because we just had this conversation about two hours ago, um, kind of. And I'll be honest, the conversation was, you know, if I have to give up my pay, I would to do this. But at the same time, no, I don't I don't believe that's what God's calling us to do. 
um, he's going to provide. So we're just, this is huge. And we're just going to take this and apply this and just go to prayer and say, all right, Lord, what, what's the next step? And so I would just thank you so much and just really appreciate it. You're welcome. Dr. Nancy, I'd almost like everyone who's attended to write up a five paragraph story or a testimony of what God has done, either applying a financial principle or seeing a financial miracle. Because by sharing the testimonies, that helps each one of us say, if he's, you know, did it there, he can do it again. And we can share them when we meet next week. And then we may have more tools to remind ourselves of God's goodness. I think that's wonderful. You know, um, one thing that I'm reminded of, I think um, I think it was uh, Yvonne shared scripture in Jeremiah about the fact that about trusting God and not letting any any form of doubt in. And I know there's been different times, Dr. Carroll, that I, um, you know, that that I remember a baby was uh, born, um, almost stillborn, and near death, and the Lord said, he, he said, wait, stop. And I said, what's that? He said, you cannot enter this room with any thought that this child is dead. Mm. You have to walk in. And he said, absolute faith, I'm not, you can't walk in that room. He said, just right now, don't care what you see, you walk in and you're, it's like, the point is I had to get rid of him. anything I, I saw. I couldn't let my brain think it. I had to know that I knew that it was life. Amen. I did. And, and the child is, I don't know, what is he, uh, 12 now? The, but the point is, the point is that that's almost like you're, you're just, you have, like Carol, you said, you've got to, it's almost like you, you're fasting and praying. Why? So that you'll believe what he said and that you will declare that only. No matter what anybody else says, no matter what anybody else does, no matter what the world's saying, oh, there's no way. Don't, you have to almost put the earplugs in and only hear Jesus, right? And then fight for that in that regard. Lord, did you say this? I mean, you're, you know, and God, how do we do it? And then the next step, it might be crazy, like walking around seven times. Like that was crazy. Or like planning on off season, right, Dr. Carroll? Like all those things he tells us, even though it looks crazy, it's not our logic, like you said. And I love that. I love that. It's almost dogged faith. I mean, that's what you're talking, that's everything you're telling me right now. I, I just love it. Uh, uh, Sharon, you just got your electric back, girl. You have a, you have a comment. <laughs> Don't in there, girl. No, that was great. Thank you so much, Dr. Carol. Uh, and we've had, we've had so many financial blessings and breakthroughs, and I can't wait to use some of these principles and see what else God has. Um, in store for us so that's exciting i like that press in and see um how, and i like the how the holy spirit says um to involve the community in things that was yeah that's really good for us in in so many different ways because we're starting out we've had a ministry but now we're starting out opening the doors to the church building on sundays and um so yeah we that's where we're at just in the past three weeks. So it's, you know, involvement of the community in all different aspects. So um, that was a great reminder <laughs> to press in for that. Thanks so much. Yeah. Could I ask you just to share one story, one testimony? Uh, which one? <laughs> 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 
Whichever one Holy Spirit brings to your mind first. Um, and probably when we bought the uh, church, we bought it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's the main one. Um, two years ago, uh, we were not in financial means at all, like getting ready to go bankrupt and figuring out what we were going to do. And the Lord had us look at this church for sale. And we were like, well, okay, we don't have any money. You know, how are we going to buy this church? And um, so we went and looked at it. And I was like, well, we need a um, commercial commercial real estate agent. And we prayed and the Lord brought to mind a broker that had um, we had used two years before. I said, he must know somebody. We called him the next day and he said, well, I just got my commercial real estate license last week. <laughs> so... <laughs> So we, he, he met us there and he helped us and it was one roadblock after the other, but we were like, no, you, you had us go here and put in this amount, you know, this is what we're doing. And we were trying to get financial help in it. And it was one block after the other, we ended up getting, um, getting, um, complete financial help in it at the end, um, with uh just uh some you know substantial increase where we didn't have anything all of a sudden we have all this money to put down and it was just a, a supernatural it was just a crazy a crazy whirlwind of it but it was that pressing with the lord when we kept hearing no 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 and I was just like, no this is what you said <laughs> you know you you're not gonna have us go this far and then not fulfill, you know, so, you know, we're leaving this to you. And um, so it, that um, had went through. And so it was in that process, in that year, the Lord, when we pressed in and prior to that, I had broke generational curses and was in a process of receiving generational blessings. So I think that was a big impact in that all this financial thing that happened that year, because we ended up buying a church. We ended up uh, selling our office um, 30 days before a deadline. Uh, we got an offer 30 days before a deadline. And I said, Lord, you know, around here, closing takes about 30 days and we're hitting 30 days. If we don't get an offer, um, we may be in trouble, you know, I know, you know, but do you know, you know, <laughs> this is serious. And that night we got an offer to close before the 30 day deadline on the office was able. So we were able, it just a whole circulation of things. It was a crazy wave that year, but we were able to purchase the church. He had us buy property up at Moravian Falls. He gave us a double portion where we were able to buy two properties at Moravian Falls. And that was a crazy God's story of um, no provision, provision, and closed on both properties on the same day at the same time in two weeks. And those are things are just unheard of. You know, he just opened the doors wide open. And it's just that obedience. But I do believe it is that pressing in of let's break some generational curses, but let's also remember to receive our generational blessings. We'll get, we heard uh, Carolyn and Sharon in that place here where you bought, you bought the church, but it had two buildings on it. You rented the church and then you refurbed the other building. So it, like you were getting 
payments. I mean, I mean, there's so there's all this stuff that God gave her wisdom to do, right? Yeah, yeah, it was so much because the church, the ceiling was falling down in it. And we have a plumbing company, so we can do that, but we can't do ceilings. And we were like, Lord, how are we going to do ceilings? And then I, I pray, we prayed about it. And I told my husband, I said, I feel like we're supposed to use the building in the back for ministry and rent out the building in the front and to help. And he's like, okay. And then the next day we got a phone call from somebody he hasn't heard of that says, I'll, you know, do you know, I know this might sound weird, but I feel like the Lord told me to call you. Do you know of a church for rent? <laughs> I mean, who does that? We, he didn't even know we were in the process of buying a church. So yeah, there was that. There's just so much in on it. But, um, and then we told him, well, it may be a few months. And he, and I said, because it needs repairs. He said, well, wait a minute. I have people in my congregation that can do those repairs. Maybe we can work something out. So the repairs were made. The funding, you know, the funding to help was there. Uh, it's just so God was all over. It's crazy. That's amazing. So if anyone needs your, your building or a place or financial stories, there's a testimony we can yes. find God. Yes. He can do it again. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. You know what? I think, too, that um, you're, you're talking, too, about, um, you know, do it again, God, because I think, I don't know about you guys, but if I, once I pass a test, Dr. Carroll, and I get through something, it seems invariably like God will bring me back around on a different level to do it again. And you're thinking, oh, I thought I did that already. Don't anybody raise your hand, but that's, you know, right? It gets, it seems like it's more faith. I need more faith now. I need to, I don't want to say more faith. I need, I don't know. I, and I think, well, I've, I've already done that. Tell, tell us, I mean, do we have a, a few minutes to tell us about the money test? Um, what, what are your thoughts? Can you just say anything about that? I know, uh, I know we're all at some level at money testing. Yeah, and I think that's almost my biggest heart cry right now is that each one listening when you have an option to cheat financially even in your heart or something like that i think right now god's just really refining and state like go the extra mile make the extra sacrifice and to do things right and just just deal with the issues of the heart and ask god is there anyone i need to forgive or ask god you know if you find money, is this for me or is it to give? Or um, just look at your heart and the money, financial challenges that are in front of you. And just make sure it's right and, and following God's ways and biblical principles. It's so easy to cheat. And it's so easy, especially in the area of finances, to do things that other people will not. No, I may never find out. But a heart cry I have right now is like, just be above board, go above and beyond to follow the principle that you believe God's telling you to use in that season. Because as you gain self-trust, you can do what you say with your finances. And as you establish good stewardship, God will open up the door because there's so much he wants to do now. And he's looking for the faithful vessels to be able to do it. And I would love to see, you know, the the Steve Jobs, the Bill Gates, the people like that. I 
don't know if God had really wanted to originally give it to Christians with a good heart, but they might have been able to handle it or didn't pass those small tests. And so I bless each one listening to be able to choose right, even when no one's looking, so that we can be good stewards to enable others to help them to be part of the end time harvest and help finance it. So next week, we're going to be back. And um, everyone bring a testimony. Testimony, that's right. That's right. And we're going to talk a little bit about, were you going to just uh, cover generational curses or did you have something that you, uh, any, any thoughts or blessings or something? We've talked, I know that Sharon brought that up and I know people want to know. So maybe even if you don't, maybe if we have some resources on that too, it would be great. Yeah, I'll do that. Right, because um, I know that there's so much, and I, I feel like there's um there's just so many levels of breakthrough as we're building, you know, with God, and uh, Dr. Carroll, I just so appreciate this, and um, everybody else here tonight, and the testimonies have been stellar. Um, I'd like to see the Lord just increase and continue to increase and increase in these things. So, um, and the the one thing we don't want to do is when it gets to be so much, we don't want to say, "Okay, Lord, that's too much." We want to say, "More, Lord, more, <laughs> <laughs> and more, God, more," <laughs> to to bless the people around us so they can continue yes. in the faith of what we're called to build. Yeah. Um, so glad. Anything else? Any last comments or or Dr. Carol? Anything else you'd like to say before we close out? I'm just prompted to bless you all with uh, some kind of financial favor from God this week. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So Thank when we put that down in your paragraphs too, write your five paragraphs and then of, of a testimony and, and um, Sharon, you've got more, you've got the RV and all that too, you've got several. But then also, also, um, you know, write down the what, what we're blessed with. By the way, what Dr. Carroll did was she opened up a, um, she opened something up in the spirit for us to step into today. Um, and I believe we stepped into this on a broader level. And so um, at let, let us let us this week um, focus on this to see what and ask the Lord for the right questions and um, and see what he has to say about everything. Okay. So we're just going to begin to see what the Lord wants to do with some of this. So anyway, so Dr. Carol, I thank you. Um, and let, just step, we're stepping into a portal. She blessed us and we're going to receive that. I will go ahead and post this video uh, in the different groups that we were found, that we found this in, because I, I did share this with the classes, but also with the ordained and uh, some other little groups here. So we will share that. And, um, and I thank you guys. Thank you so much. We just bless you, Dr. Carol. Bless you with a great day at school on your first day. We just bless you with um, all the unity that the Lord pours out by the power of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and the love of God that flows through you so mightily. Mm -hmm. And we just thank God for the Holy Spirit just just, um, just making a way in places where it seems to be no way with, with young people, because I know sometimes that's hard. Mm -hmm. So we just thank you. And we just thank God that, that Father just bless her mightily, Amen. Father, beyond yes, her wildest yes, imaginations for everything yes. short she poured out today. Amen. Lord, we just come to you. We're so grateful. Thank I just want to say I'm grateful, God, and I praise you for Dr. Carol's life. Yes. I thank you, Father. I see the streets of gold that she walks mm -hmm. on. And gold yes. is not necessarily a financial thing yes. in heaven, necessarily, mm -hmm. but it's the beautiful roads that she 
she yeah. walks on yeah. and that she creates as she mm -hmm. walks and makes a place for us. Bless her today, God, yes. mightily. Bless each one today. Yes. And God, we thank you for this awesome opportunity mm -hmm. to step into a portal of right. change and shift mm -hmm. for the coming kingdom and Lord, yes. for the expanding of the coming kingdom. Mm -hmm. uh, so Lord, we thank you for that yes. in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. Be blessed, everybody. And thank you, Dr. Yeah. Carol. Thanks for okay. One question came to mind this week. Just ask God. It'd be good to ask God, is there a cap on how much I can receive? Have I mentally put a cap on how much I can receive? Like if God gave me a million or a billion or a trillion, I don't know. Like, is there a cap that I have mentally put on myself that I don't think I could handle? I'd like to challenge you to ask God this week. Have anything in my, is there a stronghold? Is there any any unworthiness is there any cap that i have put on myself from receiving what god has for me good question for, for ourselves personally but also for ministries that we're building with god so maybe it's a two level it's two level yeah because we're all building hallelujah good questions i'm gonna go get the video um and you might want to play, play this back five five paragraphs for next week of the testimony um, and a report of what what God's favor was for you this week as it was released, and then ask the question: Do I have a cap personally or in my ministry to receive a, only a certain amount? Do I have a mental cap limit? Okay, is that good, Dr. Carol? Is that this Sharon who came last time for the meeting? All right, guys. God bless bye. you all. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Good night, everybody. Thank you.